0: Welcome to the ID10T Podcast number 1136. Hey, um, I have a production company called Fish Ladder, and uh, we make uh, television shows from time to time. And one of them that we're executive producing is uh, finally just premiered. It is the animated version of the really popular webcomic Poorly Drawn Lines, which is a fantastic comic and has also now become a fantastic animated show. Uh, And it just – it has such an incredible cast – Uh, P.S. featuring uh, Frequent at Midnight and id 10 podcast visitor Ronald Funches is on there as well. So the show is great. I'm so excited about it. It is Thursdays at 10 p.m. on Cake, which is FXX. Uh, and it's uh, basically like a, a short-form animation uh, program. And uh, yeah, so it's just a, it's a really cool thing, and I'm so glad that uh, Fish Ladder was able to uh, be a part of it as an executive producer. Just a fantastic show. So uh, there you go. Please watch it. Oh, and um, if you miss it on Cake uh, on FXX, then it airs the next day. It gets posted on uh, FX on Hulu. So uh, there's already... Got to be an episode up now because it just premiered. So poorly drawn lines, cake on FXX and FX on Hulu. Uh, Please watch it. Um, This this is the corkboard now. Let's do the corkboard and talk about you, the ID10T community. Events at ID10T.com. Like Chris and Tony who write... We're a couple of friends that are obsessed with all things pop culture and the connection between uh, people, events, movies, books, and more. So we created a podcast where we take two seemingly unconnected things in pop culture and explore what links them. Think Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon, but across all media. We just posted our third episode, um, Weird Al Yankovic and Kurt Vonnegut. And we'd love for other pop culture nerds to check it out. Let us know what they think. Find The Pop Culture Connection ...on all podcast platforms. What a great idea! It kind of reminds me of that old show, Connections, where they take, you know, uh, two really seemingly disparate things in history and find out how they're connected. It's, it's such, a, such a great idea to do that for pop culture. So thank you for sharing, Chris and Tony, and uh, to everyone else, events at id10t.com. This episode is David Yaroveski, or Yarvo, as, uh, as I know him, my friend Yarvo, who is a fantastic director, and... He's uh, just – his third film has just come out. It's called Night Books and it's awesome. Um, It's a real like cool modern gothic fairy tale but for the family – uh, that is on Netflix right now. Kristen Ritter stars in it. Um, it's just a really, really, really cool movie and I highly recommend it. Yarvo, uh, came on after he did the hive and then he came on after he did Brightburn and now he's come on after, uh, night Books and, and hopefully will continue to come on, uh, uh, just a, a really good dude and a great filmmaker and, um, It's really great when he comes on because, you know, not only do we get to catch up, but also um, I get to um, ask a lot of questions about uh, the process of directing and how it evolves with each movie. So uh, you can watch Nightbooks on Netflix right now. I mean – you could right now, or you could listen to this podcast and then watch it, or you could watch it and then listen to this podcast, or you could do it both at the same time, because we've now figured out how to splinter our attention into multiple different uh, chambers so that we can consume multiple things at the same time. Uh, so here you go. This is the ID10T Podcast number 1136 with David Yarvesky, a.k.a. Yarvo. Uh, roll the thing.
2: Initiating ID10T protocol.
0: You know what I can't stop thinking? Don't tell me you didn't sing. Working on the night books. <laughs> Come on. I can't, I can't, ever since I've heard the title for that movie, I cannot stop singing that in my head. <laughs> night books. Yeah, remember, I remember. Yarvo, I don't peg you as a Bob Seger fan. Uh, Yeah, I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) I see you more in the Tool Nine Inch Nails.
1: Oh, I hate how well you know me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I I got an alert from Spotify that I was like in a top percentile of people who listen to Tool on Spotify. Like I listened to it like an incredibly high amount. I I was like in like a one percentile of tool fans or something. Have you,
0: have you put any tool songs in any of the films?
1: No, no, no. And I don't think I've really made a movie that would uh, make sense to have tool in, in, but I would love to, I mean, I would love to do something with that someday, but.
0: Where are you? Are you, are you back in LA now? No, I'm in Aspen. Oh I,
1: yeah, this I don't know what this is here. Uh, That's
0: some some Aspen art. Some yeah, I Aspen remember. Art. Yeah, there there used to be like this huge comedy festival in Aspen that has been defunct now for like I don't know, maybe like fifteen years or something. But for the longest time, like Aspen had the defining it was the HBO Aspen Comedy Festival. It was like the defining comedy festival, uh-huh. and I would I performed in a couple times, and I was shocked. At how many art galleries a tiny mountain town could have? I mean, it's like art gallery, art gallery. So many. Like, eh, There's a lot of a lot of a art lot, galleries lot of art. for a ski town. But I, I'm out
1: here with uh, with James. I'm staying with James. We both he finished Squad and I finished Nightbooks, and I think we both needed a little downtime. A little downtime
0: um, because uh, yeah, because you just finished this movie, and then James is going off to do yet another tent pole film. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> yet another massive uh, uh, movie. Um, yeah, so, you know, take your downtime when you can get it, I guess. Well, you have to. You have
0: to because it's so easy to just think you never can stop. Because if you lose even a second of momentum, it's all gonna fall apart. Oh my god! I'll never, I'll never work again. I, I, I took a, a week. I took a month off. What's gonna? How are we gonna?
1: Oh, it's gonna be fine. Everything's gonna be fine. I don't have that disease. I, I don't have that thing that you're describing, where I feel like, uh, and maybe that's because you know. I mean, I I, I had downtime. I mean, I, I had some time off between. Brightburn and, and this movie, and I had downtime between The Hive and Brightburn, and I, you know what I mean? Like, so I guess I've just naturally, my flow has been that, you know? I will
0: occasionally sort of entertain the idea of, like, oh, it'd be really fun to direct a movie. I have some ideas. I've talked to Blumhouse about doing stuff, and then I feel like right after, right when Brightburn came out and you and I were talking, and then you were, I was reminded, like, oh, yeah, it it's not... It's not just the whatever, however many weeks you're actually directing the thing. I mean, you sit with this thing for like two, three years. And that scared me a lot away where I was like, oh, I don't I don't know if I can just focus on this one thing for a couple of years. That that would really freak
1: me out. So I. I <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's an endeavor. And I, I know that every moment of the day that I can be I, like, like I do things. I, I do things and I regiment my time and my schedule, my eating schedule, my, my sleep schedule and all that stuff so that I can be just maximum, uh, available for the maximum amount of hours and to be as productive as possible for those out. You know what I mean? Of course. So, so it's, yeah, it is, it is a, it is from the moment you book the job, like the race is on and. And you don't know when you, when you first starting out, you don't realize, but yeah, I mean, every, every, every day that goes by is another day that you could have prepped a scene. You could have had an idea. You could have, you could have pushed something. You could have uh, pulled these images to share an idea that you had with this. You know, it's like, it's just, you just, you just, you know, you, it's, it, it's a, it's an all encompassing job. In fact, in fact, it, it the th- the thing about the job is interesting because you're you're making you're making decisions all day and you have no idea what how how weird that is on your brain until you get home and someone's like hey what do you what do you want to have for dinner tonight or so like, what do you want to do for dinner and you're like <laughs> <laughs> put food in
0: mouth me yeah. no
1: <laughs> I can't make another decision I'm out of the capacity to to decide things, just yeah, just
0: it's, it's, it's when you're saying others to like, what should we have for dinner? And you're like, what's in the budget? Well, no, anything. It's not it has nothing to do
1: with. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Anyways, but yeah, I, I,
0: yeah. I, I find the, the other thing that seems interesting to me, or 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 what I imagine is challenging as a director is, you know, as a as a film viewer, you know, we see like a finished product. But you have to see that in your head the entire time you're seeing a set and people and how things might look in a room and maybe they'll look good on camera. But every day you have to show up. I feel like the the analogy that I think of is it's like if every day someone said, here's some watercolors every day. I want you to paint a picture and uh, it's got to tell a story, you know, over a period of six weeks or eight weeks or nine weeks. But. Um, you have to just intuitively use roughly the same color palette so that it'll all match. You know, it's like you have to, every day you somehow have to tone match as you get new ideas, as things come up, as you have to be flexible and things that you shoot in nine weeks. It's like, who fucking remembers what they did nine (laughs) weeks ago, (laughs) but somehow something you shot nine weeks ago has to match as though if you were watching it, that it just happened like seconds ago. And that is very mind bendy to me.
1: Yeah. You have a team of people who are, who are helping you and you still mess up. You know what I mean? You have, you have, I have a woman, uh, you know, on nightbooks who sat next to me the entire movie. And she's the person I talked to most, Uh, you know, of course we were filming during COVID. So we were both in like, you know, plexiglass phone booths and knocking on the booth and communicating by gestures and yelling and stuff, but, but, um, but she was the person I talked to most on the movie and it's like, yeah, every day it's like, it's like, where, where, where does the scene come from? Where's it going? What were they just wearing? What were they, how did they enter? Were they moving right to left? Were they moving left to right? But, but, um, yeah, it's, it's a lot to keep in your head and you just, you know, I think, I think it's, it's, it, you know, the, people don't realize I think what a, what a craft it is. And like you learn, like I'm still learning. I, 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 you know, I love coming on your show. Like I really love coming on your show. And after every movie I've made, I've been on your show yeah. and, and a hundred percent of the movies I've made, I've, I've then immediately <laughs> come to your show. <laughs> <clears throat> and one day I, I intend to like watch all of these back to back. Cause for some reason on your show, um, I'm fortunate enough to talk about my favorite thing, which is you know how how to make a movie or, or you know what what that process is like, and 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 at the same time, every time I make a movie, I learn so much. So I'm looking forward to going back and listening to all of them and hearing how wrong I was or how different or wh- how what I've learned and how I would roll my eyes at how you know the things that I would say, the advice I would give on you know the, the high versus Brightburn versus now. I don't know. It's just. well, it's, Yeah.
0: And that's, that's one of the reasons why it's so fun, you know, to have you on too, because I feel like you're a wealth of information each time. And because I, I feel like, you know, there's been this journey of you and the podcast and the films. Um, I, I really am also kind of mining for information for my own curiosity and purposes, because I really do think I really do think directing is probably the hardest job because it's really like a hundred jobs. And even though you, and even though you, I I do forget sometimes like, well, yeah, but you also have to be a skilled delegator and you have to, you know, know how to let people like shine in the expert areas that you are not expert in. I don't mean you personally, but I just mean you as a, you know, in the general sense. And, um, but still You still somehow have to keep the broad um, vision of it intact and and have it planned, but be flexible and learn how to improvise, but also keep everything tonally. So if someone walks out of the room and they walk into another room and, and then it's weeks later that you're able to tell the actor, like, this is exactly what you were tonally doing, or even if you did a bunch of takes, well these are the different toes. So it's just like a constant patchwork that somehow you have to keep all in your head and sew together and make it make sense, which I believe is why Lydia and I are so forgiving when we watch movies. And most of what we watch are horror and low budge horror and stuff. And it's like, fucking hard to make a movie so it's so easy yep. to go oh, fucking piece of shit why didn't they fucking you know it's like yeah. you don't even know lazy. if they lost the whole day of film. you don't yeah. know it like it, it's like it's so hard just to make a movie so i really am fascinated by the process of it
1: also everyone assumes that every frame of the movie is exactly as the director intended and there's no <laughs> real benefit For any director to come out and be like, well, yeah, I lost this battle or I didn't win. You know what I mean? Or like, didn't, you know, we ran out of time on this day or we this or this. And like, the truth is, is that every director you talk to will watch a movie front to back and they'll be proud of aspects of the movie. This is speaking generally about a movie. And then parts of the movie, they're like, oh, oh, we didn't get there with that scene. Oh, I wish I had another day to cut that or tweak that. I wish you know, I had that line that I wanted to give them, but I didn't give them. And then now I regret it. You know, you like, you know, it's a, it, to me, I watch a movie and it, it always feels like a, a, a revisiting a, a battlefield, you know, and it's not like I I, 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 it's not to say that it, that my sets are, are like arguy or fighty. It's not at all that, but I just mean a battlefield in the sense that like, you know, you go to war with this idea, you want to create this thing and you have this vision in your head for what the movie is and then you have what the movie actually is uh when you're done making it and and they're different things they just will always be different things no matter how much money you have no matter how much control you have because the journey of making it shapes it and the collaborators you have shape it and you you uh you look I look at the movie I watch the movie as a, a series of like Oh, that scene is even better than I imagined it would be. Oh, that scene did not become as strong as I thought it would be, and it's frustrating. You know what I mean? And it's it's sort of like that. That's that's the journey, you know. And and I think, you know, the the people I envy the most, oftentimes, you know, because I do think of myself like as an artist, like like just growing up, I felt like an art kid, you know, and I, I still kind of feel like an art kid, and and I and I like I want to like. I get these images in my head or these stories I want to tell. And, and then I look at like people who can draw or like, you know, a songwriter who can sit down and write a song by, by his or herself, like in, you know, they can open a session on their computer and, and make something. And I'm so jealous because like, you know, I've, I have an idea, like it would be cool if we did like an evil superhero, Superman horror movie. Right. And, and, from the moment I have that idea, you know, we have to convince people to give us money. We have to convince, you, you know what I mean? <laughs> I have to convince, I have to get millions of dollars to to make this idea become real. And then I have to convince actors that like, that like they should come be in the movie. And then I have to tell everyone, you know, and by the time I'm actually seeing the the idea realized it's, you know, two, three, could be a two, three year journey. I, I hear filmmakers who've had 10 year journeys, 20 year journeys to to accomplish that, that thought that they had and to see it realized. And the, you know, you, you look at that credit list and it's like, those are all people I had to work with to achieve this thing. And then I see an artist sit down and like, like paint something by themselves in their studio. <laughs> I'm so jealous. I'm so jealous. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're a preacher, it
0: doesn't, you really doesn't rely on a committee of people to give you permission and then a bunch of people to all agree on the ideas you're going along. But I, that's why I think directing is really sort of the perfect metaphor for life, which I believe is be as prepared as you can be, but also be flexible to be in the moment and just kind of go with the flow. I, I, this, I, this, I was, I was listening to, uh, as I am wont to do the uh, 80 station on Sirius XM. And they were introing the, the survivor song, I, the tiger, which was a big Rocky three song, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And they were saying that Sylvester Stallone actually wanted another one bites the dust by queen, but queen wouldn't give them permission for it. And so it's like, Oh, but I, the tiger became this iconic song that was not only a massive hit in the eighties, but also very, very synonymous with Rocky and that, you know, and would another one bites the dust have been awesome. Of course it would have been, it's fucking queen. It would have been amazing. However, because that, and I'm sure they were upset about it in the moment. They're like, well, I guess we have to go in another direction, you know? Um, And I never made the connection with like, Oh, the survivor song is kind of queen esque. I never, it's, you know, I think his name is Jimmy Jameson or something, the lead singer, the very high yeah. register. It's that kind of bam, you know, the guitar. So, but that kind of whatever happy accidents, that other direction they had to go in, because they were open to it, ended up becoming like a defining quality of their thing. And they wouldn't yeah. have known that
1: otherwise. Yeah. And you know that when they couldn't get Queen, that, that direct that that the that that Stallone went to bed really sad one night yeah of, no, course, of course
0: he did, because that Heart was probably broken. in his head the whole time like this is gonna be awesome we're gonna have the queen song it's like you're not gonna have the queen song oh man i put so much emotional energy i built so much around that but then they problem did solve it? and they
1: come up with a better solution they release it and people are like this song is genius and he's like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's what i wanted all <laughs> I thought you wanted the queen. Oh, I don't
0: no, I don't think so. Uh, No, I don't remember that. (laughs) No, I don't remember that either. I don't I hope no one tells that story on a satellite radio station someday. (laughs) But it but it is, you know, it is it is that sort of rigidity of our ideas that I think you're talking about too, where you can get so planted in an idea and you really think, and but then how many times, you know. When you go, oh, this one scene I thought should have been this and it wasn't, it's very often, unfortunately, the things you don't expect, which I think is good because it reminds you, like, you never know. So just kind of do what you can do and allow yourself to be surprised in either direction and just kind of try to go with it.
1: The movie I watch when I watch my movie is not the movie you watch when you watch my movie. And it's not the movie that anyone watches it's a completely different thing i mean you, you could get really philosophical about it and think about how every single person has their own unique experience and they see their own movie when they watch the movie but 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 it is specifically true that the movie that i watch is not the movie that you watch when of i course. watch it when I, you know when i watch it i dream of moments where i can sit with an audience and for like 10 minutes get pulled in and just be an observer watching it just watch it through the eyes of the crowd and just enjoy it as a movie but whenever i see anything i have done it's it's you're watching it you're analyzing it does it still work you're remembering the 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 process of making it you see all the seams you know you know that there used to be a line in between this line and this line and you wonder is that was that the right choice to remove that line But yeah, we still didn't, I didn't need that piece of information in this scene, you know? And so there's so many, there's so, there's so much. And also, you know, I have, I've yet to make a movie that I haven't had an incredibly intense emotional connection to. I had, you know, this movie Night Night Books that, that I just made. You know, you know, I I I made it. It's it it is not a hard R movie like previous movies. I made it. It is a more family. It is a family-friendly movie. Um, but it 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 is weirdly even more personal than any movie I've ever made before. It is. I was
0: going to ask you about that without giving too much away. It's sort of like these these ideas. I mean, I think it's okay to talk about this. We won't spoil anything. But it's like that that sense that I think a lot of artists feel, writers, you know, whatever. Like you got to write for your life. Like you're writing to save your life. And then there's always a critic who's like, (laughs) every time the kid's stuff would get criticized, I'd be like, oh, that's the internet. Or that's a, you know, like that's a shitty teacher who told someone like, that's dumb. How do you not know this or this or this? It's like, it's the internal monologue that I think almost every creative person has with themselves. And so I do see it as this really kind of great you know, gothic, classic horror fairy tale, but at the core of it, it's it really to me was really about the artistic struggle.
1: Yeah, it is. It is. It's ve- it's very much about y- y- exactly. I'm I'm so glad to hear you say that. You know, I've talked to so few people who've seen the movie. You know, and and yeah, I mean, it is. You know, I read the script and I and was like. Okay, that's weird. This is describing me as a kid, <laughs> and being, it, you know, it was like, you know, I think in the original script. By the way, I think in the original script, I think it said he wears a Freddy shirt, and I was like, I wore a Freddy shirt to school every day. And then uh, when we were looking in, into it, uh, it was like a, a, a legal nightmare to 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 get a Freddy shirt. So so I, I wasn't married to a Freddy shirt because I wore it jason shirts and michael myers you know i just wore anything horror and and um uh uh but so he's wearing a michael myers shirt right when you first meet him and his room is full of you know uh horror memorabilia and fangoria magazines and all this stuff i I think
0: i maybe spied a people under the stairs poster for like a half a second
1: oh yeah there's a people under the stairs west craven shout out there's a dead alive poster, which I Amazing. was very excited to get on that wall. No, there's a bunch of really cool posters on the wall and, and, um, and, uh, but like, you know, that was, that literally was me. I have a picture of my, of my, um, of my room growing up and, 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 and I, as I started going through the movie and realizing really what it's about, um, I started to go, I know, I know this story uniquely, like, like the people, you know, I was teased. I was bullied man i was bullied for just looking different looking weird people were scared of me you know they thought i might you know they, they didn't know what to think of me you know they thought i was weird and scary and they, i don't know they thought i'd like cast spells on them or something i you know it was <laughs> like <laughs> um uh, but <laughs> but um weird time for for kids you know like like i i i it, There's just a lot of pressure, I think, nowadays, you know, Um, and 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 I worry about creatives and the pressure on creatives, like being a creative kid, being a weird kid. You know, I have friends who were weird like me, who were creative like me, and they did not pursue the creative path. And, And and it there's a you know, there's a little piece of my heart that that is sad for them because, you know, it's it's. I don't know. It's, it's, it, I, I want to encourage, it, anyways, the all of this is to say that I really wanted to make a, a, a love letter to this next generation from a, from a kid who went through it all, who got bullied in every way you can get bullied. And, and, and I wanted to say, you know, it's, you know, keep, keep being weird and, and, and keep, keep, keep doing your thing because it's, it's magic, you know? And yeah. I think and that's what the movie is.
2: Whether you hydrate to live, Grab your Liquid IV hydration multiplier sugar-free in bulk nationwide at Costco. Or get 20% off your first order when you go to liquidiv.com and use code WONDERY at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code WONDERY at liquidiv.com. When you choose Organic Valley, not only will you be enjoying great-tasting dairy...
0: Yeah. And, and, and you kind of and you make the point in the movie, too, that like ordinary is boring, you know, like if you're being like everybody else and which is so funny because I feel like when we're young, we're so compelled to try to fit in. We're so compelled to try to fit in. But it is those it is those sort of offbeat qualities. And me, it was my obsession with, you know, sci-fi and horror, but mainly stand up comedy. And other kids were obsessed with stand-up comedy. They weren't quoting Steve Martin and, you know, every comedy special that they saw. And so it was weird, you know, I was, it was weird. And, uh, but, but those things were really the seeds of like creative inspiration that would take root and fruit later on in my life. But how could I know that as a kid, I just felt like, oh, I don't, I don't understand why I don't like sports or I don't know how to talk to other kids about the dumb things that they talk about. I just, I don't, what's wrong with me. And I'm just glad that I kind of like hung in there, you know, for whatever reason and was able to pursue the things that I love because how many people don't, but I, I do think that, you know, the internet is a, is a blessing and a curse and a blessing in the sense that all the weirdos can, you know, like all the creative people can find each other and connect and be a support group for each other. But also it has certainly widened the, the bullying arena of people, you know, like just telling you that your stuff is dumb or, you know, so if you can somehow separate, I mean, I don't envy having to grow up at this time and it's hard enough to, it's hard enough when you just feel like, you know your your little heart is on the line just for the immediate community you live in let alone like now the whole fucking world
1: yeah man like like you're you're exactly right like like the the the, the fangoria magazines and the horror stuff just color on a universal experience like you and me are are connected in so many ways in our experience you know we had such a similar just in the way you talk about it, there is like we had such a similar um, uh, experience, and I know so many people like us who had who had that experience. You know, uh, you know, I, I growing up, I, I a lot of musician friends, and they, you know, w- they couldn't talk about football and stuff because they wanted to talk about you know Nirvana and and they wanted to talk about Nine Inch Nails and Tool and stuff and. And, and break down the, that music, and their posters were covered up. And, but it's all the same journey. It's like, why are we compelled to, to? we found something in the world that we're just obsessed with. And for some, there's something in it that we love, and, and we wanted to understand it. Uh, initially. Initially, we just wanted to understand it. Why did Freddie scare me? Why did this joke make me laugh? Why did this, this, you know what I mean? And then. And then, and then, as you get older, you're like, I think I can, I think I can do this to someone else. I think I, you like, for you, I imagine, I think I can maybe make someone laugh. I think I can, I think I can scare the shit out of someone, uh, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, or or tell them a story that 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 they can connect to in some way. Um, um, I, you know, and and I want everyone who right now is obsessed with something. To just follow that, to just like get good at it, to, to know it, to, to like blow my, blow the next generation's mind with some piece of art that like, you know, or some story, some joke that like makes everyone laugh for, for a year. Like, please, please do that. And don't, I don't know, you know, give it up. Well this don't it, don't lose it.
0: <laughs> yeah. This, this is something I feel like I said on a recent podcast, but I think I but I want to repeat it as much as I repeat myself, but I but I want to repeat it because I, I, I've had a really interesting journey with it, which is you know, just uh I've been writing lately, just literally for me, like to not you know, like writing stuff, writing, you know, stand up, writing just songs, you know, and um because I'm learning these instruments. And 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 I kind of had this thought of like, I'm just going to do this for myself. Like, because I feel like so much of what we do is for the, appro- like relies on the approval of other people and not just the creative endeavors and the commercially creative endeavors, you know, so that we can make our hobbies like our careers, but also just like our like online lives, like everything is submitted for approval. And so it becomes very easy to, fall into the space where we can get so torn down by what other people that we don't even know, or maybe don't even like, if you, if someone was shitty to you and you're like, and you really broke it down, you're like, oh, I don't even really like this person. Why do I care about what they think about? <laughs> you know, it's this is famous famous stoic line of like, why do you put more stock in other people's opinions that you wouldn't normally care about over your own about yourself. And so I, I've been like, you know, I I'm really enjoying this thing where I'm just making stuff for myself and I may never perform it or release it or whatever. And what's been really gratifying about that is that it just sort of takes the external approval thing out of it. And maybe someday I will perform it and that will be fine. But for now, I'm not really thinking about that and it has freed me up in so many ways that it's been a joyous experience. So I share that again, just kind of reminding people like, yeah, if you want to make, if your goal is money or your goal is like, you know, Maybe you do have to start trying to submit everything for approval, but just creatively to be creatively fulfilled, maybe just try doing it just for yourself and you don't have to tell anyone about it yet. Just see how it makes you feel. Then later on you can decide if you want to release it after you've already kind of cemented your own security with it, if that makes any sense.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, it makes a hundred percent sense to me. I mean, I, I I've, I'm listen, I'm really fortunate. I, I I've never, I, I, I haven't, I haven't done anything that I've never made a choice based on money. Like every movie that I've made, I really wanted to make. And I know that there's filmmakers out there who make a movie. They have to, where they feel like this would be a great career move or they do these things. And, and, and I am not criticizing them at all, but, but I'm just feel fortunate. And, and, and man, it, it, it's, it comes from a play, uh, but Oh, to say, but I have done, Commercials in the past that are, you know, you, you take commercial, that's a job, you know, you do the job. I've done music videos in the past. At times I have huge passion for the job, but sometimes it was a job. And man, what a difference it feels like to, to, it just reminds you why, like, why, why I'm doing this in the first place, you know, like if, man, if I wanted to make money, like, there were better ways. There were so many better ways. <laughs> the amount of time and and effort and heart and tears and just man that you know that I put into this career, I could have made money doing other things. Like I yeah, could spend half the time and probably made way more money than I make. Um, um, but that's not what I wanted to do with my life. You know, I I, I knew that the only thing that would make me happy was telling stories. And 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 you know, there's another piece of it, which is that I, I have a technical fascination. Like, I really like pushing the boundaries of like the technical aspects of filmmaking, and 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 how we can use new tech to explore different ideas or do things in a different way, which gives you a, you know an upper hand on storytelling. I love the marriage of technology and filmmaking. It's just, man, I, I that I bleed that. I, I can't imagine a day in my life not doing that stuff. Okay. You know?
0: Well, and you and you also you also do a really great blend of practical effects and 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 you sort of cake decorate it with CG. I mean, there's there. <laughs> I mean, I, I, obviously the the, the I, I'm sure that some of the cat had to be CG because you just couldn't get you can't get a cat to facially react the way that you need you know, one of those cats to facially react. But in general, like there's a character that turns up at the end of the movie that's like, holy shit, what a rad, like such cool, there's such cool like makeup effects. And there's really great creature work in this movie too. And (laughs) a dark version of a popular archetype of a creature (laughs) without giving it away that's like, Holy shit, I never thought like it just it there's just some really great reimaginings of things in here that I think people are really gonna respond to, but it's obvious that you love the the creature work so much even down to like the the eyes in certain parts and the cool like there's really cool stuff with eyes in characters that's like there is. I just imagine you like really geeking out and like how fucking weird and cool. Can we make these eyes like almost like Willy Wonka style? Like, how can we, how can we do this?
1: Yes, that is true. I, 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 you know, so K and B did our like, pra- like our practical makeup effects and they did an incredible job. And, and then, and then uh Mr. X did our, our visual effects and, and they also did an incredible job. And, and I, I like, you know, Coming into this movie, one of the goals, one of my personal goals was to create, I wanted to like create the experience I had, like, you know, watching, you know, mo- amp- mo- like Amblin movies that would be scary and, and mysterious and, but emotional and, and it, it would be a, a, a whole, um, it'd be a whole journey. It's, it wasn't just like, uh, okay, I went in and I, I laughed and then I got out. It was like, it took me on a whole journey. and 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 one of the when when i really analyzed like w- what made those movies those movies you know there's technical things you know there's the way the style of cinematography there's the way they were shot there's certain technical things that gave it that look but one of the things that i really got obsessed with was like like making it make, doing everything we can to make it feel real and like and like to really imagine like this is an incredibly fantastical concept. There's wild things, and it gets wilder the deeper into the movie you go. But doing everything you can to 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 give it a sense of reality. What if? What if there was a magical apartment? What if there was a witch? What if there was you know this apartment that if you opened a door it could go into a giant library? You know, like like and 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 doing everything you can to 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 make it feel real. And I think. I think, you know, at times, you know, filmmaking at its at its, you know, I don't know the stuff that that doesn't really work for me is the stuff that looks pretty. It looks great in a in a in a style frame. It looks great in the trailer, but it just feels like a cartoon. It feels like I'm watching stuff just happen that looks cool, but it just doesn't feel real. And and this is a long way of saying going back to what you were saying that I also found that the most realistic looking uh, uh, things are when, when, when we use practical effects and then augment them with CG Mm -hmm. and, 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 and the deeper into the CG, well, you go, you realize, you know, every time someone complains about CG or like, Oh, crappy CG, or they just threw money at it and made CG happen. It's because like, it's because if you look at that shot under a microscope, there's just a hundred things that are happening that aren't real. You know, the skin is like shiny and no one's skin is shiny. You know, there's like, you know, the light goes into your skin and bounces around and there's subsurface light scattering that occurs that you don't even think about when you look at it. But suddenly that's a thing. And, and you know, what your eyes do, the rate right at which your eyes move. Sometimes you look at, You know CG characters and their eyes are moving too slow or too deliberate, and it's like it's like it's like. So the question is, how real can you make it? You know, and and how 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 much can you can you make the audience feel like they're really on this journey? Because you're 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 taking people on a dream. You're like this is this dream state, and you're um, that person is sort of seeing these shots and assembling a story in their mind, and and like so much of it is like you want it to feel real. You want to be taken to these places and you want to feel the threat and you want to fall in love with the characters and you want to do those things. And so, I don't know. I think, I think, uh, um, I think there's that focusing on that is, is it was a, was a mantra of mine and also just um, trying to find ways to use, but to use both and, and just make the most convincing the most convincing encounters with, you know, Lenore, the most convincing encounter with that shredder creature, you know? Um, yeah. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Well,
0: it, it kind of reminds me of, a bit of how um, Chris Columbus was on the podcast, like, I don't know, nine months ago or something. And he was talking about, cool. he was awesome. talking about how <laughs> his original idea for Gremlins was just a straight up horror movie. And very coincidentally, yeah. Like it was on someone's desk and Spielberg picked it up and took it home to read it and fell in love with it, but then said to him, like, it's a really cool idea. I mean, I'm paraphrasing. It's a really cool idea, but there's, there's no heart in it. Like you need to have like an emotional center. It needs to have a heart. And so they added this whole element, which he's like, it was a genius. He was absolutely right, you know? And so that's where you get this, you know, this gizmo, you know, like, you know, and I sort of think about it as like, OK, well, if you're making a movie like where's your gizmo, you know, like what's the heart of it? And 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 so for this, it's this very real emotion of like this fear that we fear as creative people or this idea of being bullied or, 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 or like the creative things that we're into. Other people don't get them. So like it's fucking stupid. You're dumb. This is dumb. You're dumb. You know, <laughs> and just because, you know, I guess evolutionarily we're sort of programmed to need approval so that will, I guess, be a society and function. I, I don't know, but it's, it is overactive in the sense. that like, it can't, we can't be immobilized by that fear. So there really is like a real emotional center to this. And it just happens to be decorated with this Gothic fairy tale skin, you know, and everyone in the movie is great. The kids are great. And Kristen Ritter is awesome in it. She really is just a, gr- she just plays this really great,
1: Witch who's all over the place and um unbelievably mean, right? She's unbelievably mean to them at times. (laughs) Unbelievably mean.
0: And but but again, you know, you find out why. And it's sort of like and it's sort of like why, you know, going back to the original X-Men movie was at a time where like that was very revolutionary, I think, in in terms of like superhero films, because we were very used to looking at heroes and villains. And we didn't really ever understand the villain. And all of a sudden we see Eric Lyncher and Magneto and we see this villain who's like, oh, well, in the first five minutes of the movie, you completely sympathize with this horrible thing he's been through and why he never wants any group to ever go through what he and his family went through again. And so all of a sudden it adds this dimension. So he's just not this big, bad villain. Who's just doing evil things. It's like, yes, he's, expressing things in a very bad way but you see like the beginnings of how how could, how could that have happened and so you 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 reveal some things like I, I, it's so hard to without giving anything away anyway it's not just you know evil villain you know yes she's very mean yes but when you start peeling back some of the layers some of
1: it's like oh here's how she became that way Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, it's funny, right? Like I think people don't really think about movies like this, but we're all in but we instinctively do like, we've all seen a movie and been like, it was fine. That movie was fine. Like, why? Like, why did I, I why should I care? Why did it, you know? And like it's the equivalent of like when you're at a party and a friend is telling you a story and you're like, what was the point of that Like, you know, you get to the end of the story and you're like, what? We were talking about like, I don't know, ashtrays. What the hell did that have to do with ashtrays, dude? And it's like... It's
0: I feel like, like I do that all the time, by the way. I'm the person that goes on the weird tangent and everyone's like, why are we talking about, you know, balloons now? We were talking about ashtrays. I don't know. I just started talking.
1: <laughs> I just, I just it just stopped this thing. But, but like, but like, like, move. I, I, I've come to think of filmmaking as like, as like not all too different from me sitting at a party across from you and telling you, Oh, you know what? Oh, you know what happened the other day? This, and starting to tell the story and like, and like the more believable it is, you know, the more, the the more you can get pulled into it, the more surprises, the more twists and turns in it, the more you might get pulled into the story. And at the end of the story that it better have, some point because i here listening to you for who knows how long, 20 minutes, uh, 15 yeah. minutes it could have been two hours, who knows and you get to the end, you better be like oh, I see why you were telling me the story, it all makes sense now <laughs> and, and, and that, you know, that really like the, the, those are like the basic fundamentals of, of movie making that often get overlooked for it looks great, it sounds great there's cool stuff. Oh, that one action sequence kicked ass! But it's like, why did you tell me the story in the first place? And I think that's where you're get, you're getting at with what Spielberg was tapping into with Gremlins. You know, like this is really cool. This has the mechanics of everything. But, but why why should I why should I care? Why why will it be more than just you know I jumped a couple times. Yeah.
0: And like the thing about the party is that, yes, people are paying you in their time and attention, but then you're making a movie and then they're also literally paying you with money. I mean, I guess it'd be like if you went to the grocery store and you spent 90 minutes in a grocery store and you paid the clerk a hundred dollars and you left without any groceries. It's like, what did I just, like, shouldn't I, shouldn't I have something to take home? I spent a lot of time and money. Well, sorry, fuck you too bad. You know?
1: Yes. A hundred percent. And everyone has, a bunch of stories in their life that they tell over and over and over again, right? They have like their collection of stories that things have happened to them or or whatever. And and those stories they've 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 been a filmmaker with. They've shocked. They've told so many times that they realized, oh, this part gets a little long. They've cut it down. They realize that <laughs> if they start here, it's more surprising when you get to the end, which is like, man, it's like screenwriting 101. Like if you introduce it here and then it gets to here oh my god there's like great change occur occurred and just like like you know you, you, uh, those are all the muscles you know and and uh, those are all the things that you i don't know i i don't know there, there's no point to where i'm just gonna crack this story into a wall yeah exactly
0: no but 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 you're you're right i mean it's like we are a storytelling species you know like this is this is how we understand things this is how we convey things, stories are how we um, survive, you know, and how we pass on information. So how do we, when it's quite literally your profession, how do you do that in a succinct way that conveys all of these things, but without over conveying, it's simple enough, you know, yes. but also addresses like complex. And I don't know. I mean, that's, it's, I do think there are some innate parts to it but then it's also just like practice and going back to the thing about it can take you 2 or 3 years to make a movie you know I I could go do stand up two nights you know I'm, I'm sorry seven nights a week you know two or three shows night, and all of a sudden I'm do, getting a ton of practice you really get to kind of work on one thing at a time and then look back and go okay so now what did I learn after that last 2 or
1: 3 years <laughs> yeah and that, yeah, that's a hundred percent right. Like, like you are someone, your craft is, and you are someone who I envy who can just, yeah. Like you can walk into a, like you guys, especially man. Cause you guys can riff, you guys can just be handed a mic, go on stage and do your art, you know, and you can get to, oh, I'll do a 15 minute set. And then you do a 15 minute set. Are you kidding? <laughs> like, oh, What I wouldn't give to, you know. But like, right, like, in some ways, I look at going to parties and sitting around, and like smoking a cigar and having a chat and telling stories about your life with someone as the kind of equivalent of getting to do my art without really having two hundred people that I also have to
0: (laughs) and navigate it in three dimensional space as opposed to just like saying words.
1: Yes. Right. Because, right. Cause I could just be like, okay, so something you need to know about this is blah, blah, blah. And then I can start the story. Right. But in a movie, I'm like, Oh, I have to find a way to get the audience's information. that isn't so stupid and obvious and it isn't just been done, but you know, like, and, like it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's such an interesting experience to make movies and the audience is just getting smarter and better and, they demand more of us and they're, you know, uh, I mean, you think about it, right? And I bet you feel about this way with comedy, right? Like people just keep coming in and raising the bar, you know? And it's like, damn, do you see how funny this was? Do you see how funny this was? Now that's the new bar. Do you see how good this movie was? Uh, it is, but that but, a movie but, me, but like,
0: that that's creatively inspiring because it makes me go, okay, so the bar is up here. So what can I do? You know, can I improve on that can I build on that can I find a way into that around that you know it's like we all really do sort of work off each other but you're right because just the amount of time that this form of entertainment you know going on a hundred years now of filmmaking you know like this kind of filmmaking and sort of like modern stand-up in the last several decades there's been a lot of it and so how does it get reinvented and you know, there was a time 100 years ago where people could just have their fucking minds blown just like watch, watching a film of a train go into a tunnel and be like, Jesus Christ. You know, maybe they've never even seen a train in person. Yeah. You know, and now we're, you know, like we, we, we've we seen so much. We can be very spoiled as consumers because, you know, like you can watch a movie that has the most, <laughs> I mean, like the effects that if you saw like 20 years ago, you'd be like, what the fuck? And now we're just yeah. like, that's garbage. Yeah, that's dumb. It's all Watch so disclosable. Look how CG that is. Yeah, it's so disposable. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Any movie is a fucking achievement, you know? Like, any movie, no matter how bad it
1: is, any movie is,
0: is an achievement.
1: It's an achievement. It really is, and it's like, it's funny because there's this, there's like one of the, like, there's all these, like, common things that people say or think that are so like it's so sad to me for the artists, you know. I feel so defensive of like artists just in general. And and like, you know, one of the things, a sin that everyone commits is like, is they're like, oh, like they threw a bunch of money and, like did CG and and that was their answer to it. And what that actually looks like is they went and they they hired some of the most talented 3D artists in the world to work tirelessly for a year. To like try their best to like create these three, they they fixated. You know, they had this artist sitting analyzing this image for, you know, and that you know went from an animator to modelers. That people were building digital assets to to doing fine tweaking to being colored to having an incredible composer score it. And man, it, you know, it might not have worked. It might not have been great. But I, you know, anytime people are just like, oh, they threw money at it and just like CG, and I'm like, <laughs> i was like, it's like, it's not at all. Well, not at you all. You know
0: what? What you're describing is a very, um, uh, is is a, a a psychological phenomenon known as the Dunning Kruger effect, which basically says that people don't people don't know what they don't know, and so they make a lot of easy connections, right? So like. It's a difference between, and that's not to say people can't have their opinions about stuff, but it just means like, if you're on a plane, if you're on a flight and um, and the flight's bumpy or the landing's bad or whatever, you can say, I did not enjoy this flight. I did not enjoy that landing. What you cannot say is this pilot sucks because you don't know anything about flying to know what challenges they faced, you know? But But it's very easy for us who don't know anything about flying to go, this guy sucked. That landing was terrible. Well, but you don't know, you
1: don't know that he sucks. You know, you just, maybe fucking surface to air missiles were being fired at your plane the whole time. You know that you didn't
0: like the experience, which you're entitled to, but you can't (laughs) say like, Oh, all they did. You know, we take it so personally now. And it's almost like when we see a movie we don't like, it's so easy to think the director is just laughing going, ah, I did that. I made this shitty CG just to piss you off. You fucking assholes. It's like, no, you, like they may have done their best. They may have run out of time. Like maybe someone might've died and they like, you don't know what horrible things they went through. And maybe they were like, yeah, fuck you. I don't care. Maybe they did throw it away. But we do often, I feel. I feel like people do often paint like the worst <laughs> shades of intention. It's like, no, they didn't set out to ruin your day. They tried and it just didn't is very hard to manifest these things but they weren't intentionally trying to bum you out and believe me unless they're a sociopath they probably hate themselves right now cuz they know that it didn't turn out the way they wanted and they're beating yes. themselves if you want to, if you want to be gratified just know that they're beating themselves up worse than you
1: could way worse than you could yes they are they are yeah it's like yeah yeah there's that perception right where it's like uh, oh yeah The director probably just like phoned it in and didn't care it's like <laughs> oh, no, Cut to the director on the floor director. of his
0: hotel room yeah. just sobbing like talking to a significant other i'm trying and everything is conspiring against me i don't i'm no good at, i don't know what to do you know
1: just having yeah. a total
0: mental break to be like
1: a eh, piece of shit just phoned it in
0: oh my god this guy almost had to be hospitalized
1: yeah 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 that is but but you know <laughs> but but you know I, there's a piece of it like way i come to peace with it is i i realize that that like that one of the the things about movies is like when what like it's it's almost like it's almost like you know eating eating a steak i don't want to i don't want to know how they cut the steak i don't want to see all the gory messy details behind in the butcher shop i don't want to meet the cow i don't want to know all those things because then i'm like oh my god i don't want to eat the steak So it's like, there's a certain magic to being like, I don't know, maybe that guy was late. Like, you know, maybe it's okay that the audience sort of thinks that of us, but I just, I feel compelled. I just feel defensive of artists who are, you know, these guys, you know, especially CG artists, man. No one gets crapped on harder than CG artists in this town, you know, on Twitter, they're just like, oh, this shot looked terrible. And, you know, there's a CG artist who's, you know, they're not it's not like a big movie producer. It's, you know, it's someone who, who has a job who went into their studio and work, you know, they went into the shop and they worked really hard on it. They're like, that's my shot. And they did the best they could with what they had, you know. Yeah, And they're probably really, really, really good. And oftentimes what you find is if you talk to that artist, they tell you, yeah, I told them this wasn't going to work. I knew this wasn't going to work. Oh my like, God.
0: You're so right.
1: They, they all the time. They're like, they're like, yeah, like I told them, but, but you know, but it's what it needed to be or that message didn't get to the higher up or what, you know, like it just, it, it's like.
0: The lines of communication can be wicked on a movie where there's a bunch of people running around. And it's like, well, how come this actor didn't get their call sheet? Well, this person didn't tell this person this but It's like so many things can go wrong, but, but you're right about the artist. Maybe they submitted something else and it was, you know, like it would have looked cooler, but the, I always think about how the, the same person has been cutting my hair for like 25 years and I and he's amazing and I love him and he does make up for all the shows that I work on and hair and he's just he's the best he actually is the one that introduced me and Lydia he set us up on our no on way our, really yeah, yeah he's he set he set us up on our on our date Sean I love him he's the best um, he's like family to me and I find that the times the only times that I ever go ah oh, I some of my hair is when I go hey, you know what, would you just, he'll finish and I'll go, you know, what if you just cut this one? It's one I try to micromanage because I don't know what I'm fucking talking about. And he did it great. And for whatever reason, in a split second, I was like, oh, I want it this other way because in my head, I don't know enough to know what I don't know. And I don't know how to manifest things, but he's very sweet. So, I'll go, okay. And so he'll do it and I'll go, oh man, it was better before the way you did it. You know what I should do? And I constantly say like, I think I'll just trust you to do what you are an expert at doing (laughs) and how often we just need to, and it's not to say that we can't ask for things or try to craft an image together collaboratively, but oftentimes like, you know, it is probably, you know, like, like, let's just trust the creative people that we hire the experts to do what they do, because that's what we want (laughs) when we are hired. We don't want like a studio person going, oh yeah, this is good, but can you make those walls orange? Why? I don't know, I just like the color orange. Well, but that doesn't have anything to do with, you know, please yeah, let me do he, it the way that I wanted to do it. I promise you hired me for a
1: reason. Yeah, yeah, 100%. 100% yeah, yeah, it, it, it's that and it's also the, it's also bad, it, it's, it's like, and this is something that, you know, there's no perfecting. You, you, you But there's only getting better at and it's how you give notes to people. And that's not, that's not just directing, that's like, right, if you were like, Hey, you know what? Make the front shorter. He'd be like, in his head, he'd be like, why the fuck am I making the front shorter? Uh, but but what's really happened in your mind is like, I saw this photo where my hair was, you know, where where the the, the sides were longer and it looked better, or whatever it is, you know, and that that might not be the case. But you know, and, and 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 or or like I liked how when it was short, it went this way or something. And so you're not really, you're, you're you're sort of trying to treat the cause, and in effect, you could actually make your hair look really stupid. Whereas if you're like, make my hair look cleaner, or make my ha- look make this look tighter, does that make any sense?
0: Absolutely, uh, I- absolutely. Like you, you wouldn't, you know, if someone was, you know, like if if an artist was painting something, or even if it was like, oh, you know, I'm having some work done on my car, and then you went in and you tried to tell the mechanic like. Oh, could you just do, and you didn't know what you were talking about. You're probably going to fuck something up. Cause you don't know. Again, you don't know what you don't know. So there are probably 10 reasons why the thing that you think would work doesn't work because you don't know how it works. And so, you know, now I just, I kind of just let him do whatever to my hair he wants. It's like, you know, I'll go, oh, maybe, you know, I wouldn't mind having a little longer. So then he does what it does. And I'm like, Oh, it looks fucking great. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I, tr- I trust you. I, you know what you're doing. I don't know. So just, yeah, it's I appreciate it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. No, there's, and there's, you know, that, by the way, that's, in, that's in everything. That's not filmmaking. That's just a, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a it's a way that people manage other people that like often just leads to disaster. Right. Because you, you hire someone to do something that you're not good at. Like I, I couldn't animate, I couldn't animate a shot. Right. But I can get a shot and I can be like, Oh, I wish he lifted his leg a little bit you know, like when I get mad, I do this, you know? So then the note comes through to him and it's like, lift his leg a little more. And he's like, what does that even mean? Lift his leg. (laughs) And he's like lifting his leg. And what I meant was when I get mad, I'm like, I'm mad, you know, like I I like, like that there's a, you know, so what the real note is like, is like, make, make him, make him move his body in a way that, that is expressing, you know, frustration, you know, like that, that thing you do when you're, Frustrated, you know, and and that's the note. But sometimes the note just that gets received is make him move the arm more. Yeah, because what does that mean?
0: Telephone where someone it's like you tell one person, and then by the time it's like by the time it gets to the artist, it's like make him turn his head. What we were talking about legs. This is about frustration. So you're right. It is about clarity of notes and stream of communication.
1: Yeah, and and that applies to everything. You know, like like make the make the presentation shorter you know is, is 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 better than like you know cu- you, you know then that because if you're like this presentation needs to be out and we need to give it to them and i'm worried these guys have you know short attention span so you know we should just just tighten it finally tighten it is a much better note than being like cut this this line and then cut the, you know just be like like getting into the weeds of like pulling word. don't don't you know, don't use run-on sentences or something. It's just like, well, no, but 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 also, but also the other
0: constraint that you have as a director is you're on set, you're shooting, you're working like sixteen hours a day. You don't always maybe necessarily have the time to explain the whys of things or like really sit down and go, okay, so for this one shot that's like a second yeah. and a half long, what I really and what I and this comes from a thing. So it's like then on top of that, how do you manage and organize your time, which is a whole other you know you have this limited resource of time you yeah know? it's like time yeah. quality and budget you're all you get there's three things but you only ever get two you yes. know and so how yes. do you every
1: movie wants three every movie but you only get three. two <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> it's true um um but um yeah i mean that's why i said there's no perfecting it i mean i i get better at it you know what I mean? But, the but I, I am imperfect. I've given a bad note many a time, you know, I'll give a note to VFX and then I'll see the next iteration of the shot. and I'll be like, okay, I see what happened here. <laughs> I, what I meant was this. And I see that I created a whole web of confusion with the note that I gave. And, you know, it, it's, 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 it's a craft, man. It's like, you know, it's a discipline. It's like, you know, it's something you just, you, you never be perfect at, but you try to learn everything you can. you just like,
0: yeah, but it's also, it's also being able to sort of brush your ego out of the way. And then when you get stuff back, that's not what you at what, what you had in your head, not immediately going, well, this person didn't know what they were doing, but saying like, okay, did I like, did I not convey, like was there something that I could have done to have made this experience better And how do I improve on that and listening and, you know, but I also can understand why sometimes that can be tough when you're, there's a million things floating around and you, and you have to get a certain number of shots done in that day because tomorrow you move locations and you're not going to be able to come back. So you like, how do you, how do you juggle all of that?
1: Yeah, no, it's high stress, high stakes situations constantly. And, you know, like it's, it's an interesting experience making a movie because you're just like, you know, you know, if I don't get this scene, it. it you know, listen, I, I think this changes the higher up you go. You know, if, if, if I was making a $200 million movie, this may not be the case. This wouldn't be the case, but I know even in the budget that I'm at now, um, which are, which get bigger in every movie I make, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, it, but I still feel that I feel that, that pressure of like, if we don't get this scene, well, it, it won't be in the movie. Mm-hmm. If this doesn't work now, it won't work. It, and, and, and so, Right. It's like, so there is that, um, th- that's what adds the, the the stress and the pressure is, is is working against the clock that kills you at the end of the day, that, that kills your scene, you know?
2: Um, um, yeah. You hear that? Your dog knows. Spring is coming sooner than you think. But the warmer weather also means that fleas and ticks are coming back. Um. Fleas are an itchy nuisance and can easily get into your home, furniture, and beds, which can be terrible. Ticks are even worse. They're hard to spot, but can carry disease and get your dog really sick. Pet Meds Pharmacists connect directly with your vet to save you time and
0: deliver the best flea and tick products for your pet. Pet Meds offers low prices on all flea and tick meds, including Nexgard, Simperica, and more. Visit PetMeds.com and use promo code PODCAST to save 40% on your first auto ship order. That's PetMeds.com promo code PODCAST for 40% off your first auto ship order.
2: Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts.
0: Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness.
2: He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com metaverseimpact.
0: What did you lo- So as we're kind of winding this down, what, what, what would you say that you... What's your takeaway learning experience? Like what things did you learn from Nightbooks? Like as this is your third movie and they get bigger and bigger budget wise and, you know, more involved, it, like what what was your takeaway from this one?
1: Well, this one was incredibly unique, right? We went and did it at the, I mean, I I, I went June last year. So early COVID. Oh, wow. We, yeah. And I, when I went to Canada, I'm not sure if I was the first, but I was definitely I think I may have been the first director to go to Canada with Netflix to go make a movie. Maybe the first, I I was very early when I showed up, immigration was like, do you know that there's a global pandemic? happening?" (laughs) I'm aware. (laughs) Why are you here? It it took me hours to get in the country because they were like, what are you doing here? And, and, um, uh, we really had to figure out what it meant. You know, we couldn't have four people in a room. So, what it did, I think in a way is reduced everything to it's like purest, most simple form. What, what do I need? What conversations do I need to have before we start shooting? What prep do I need to do? And, you know, I, I had a mantra with the crew. we get on zoom and I was like, dude, guys, I, I want everyone to go home to their family safe. I don't want coronavirus to ever be on our set. I don't, I want, I want to protect everyone and i i was like guys we need to we need to treat this movie like we're sh- movie- making movies are hard and we need to treat this like we're shooting a movie on the moon we are in you know a a a, a uh, an environment that uh poses great danger to us that could potentially you know it's it, it is going to require coordination so that we don't stack up so that we're not in the same space and 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 could and could um, get each other sick. I mean, the, the, the extensive amount of effort that went into keeping people safe was tremendous. And so I would say that the, 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 there were a lot of like creative lessons and those are like sort of longer to explain, but I think, I think the, my, my takeaway on this movie uh, the the simplest one to get into, I guess at the end here is to just say like, is like, it's just, is really what we were talking about is how is, is giving the the most information I possibly can to the person who is going to be most responsible for that thing being there. Like if we're talking about sets, I need to be heard by the, the, you know, by the person who is overseeing the sets and I need to communicate in the clearest way. Like this is why I, this is, this is why I'm, not happy yet with this set this is what i want to achieve you know and then this is what i think would get us there but do you have ideas? and like like reshaping the way that you communicate to to get better results from people was really the and doing it in a time when it was over zoom even though we were two offices away so it has to be over zoom um um, it was interesting or you know yeah doing it through from a phone booth a, a plexiglass box that I had to work out of. You know? Oh my God.
0: That's right. Like as if directing a film wasn't a steeplechase enough. And it's like, oh, now we're going to add this like global catastrophe on top of it. And all these rules where people's lives literally are it's, like, you have to, I mean, it, it it's like, obviously the stakes always feel big, you know, whenever someone's entrusting you with money and reputation or whatever, you know, yeah. but it's never life-threatening usually. <laughs> Until yeah. you know twenty twenty, and then it's like yeah. oh, and on top of that, the world is also dangerous. So it's
1: or, <laughs> yeah, and there's kids. The on set. air can kill you. So there's kids on set. There's of children course. on set. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's like it's already high stakes, and then you're like, there's there's children on set. Like, please wear your mask. <laughs> please. please. You know, as safe
0: as possible uh, for these kids,
1: keep it as safe as possible, like, like we need, yeah. And so, and so, you know, I'm, I'm, man, I am proud of everyone involved in this Netflix, the actors, the crew, everyone. We did, we kept people safe. Uh, we didn't, we no one ever got coronavirus on our set. Um, um, and, and, and I, like that was a big accomplishment, you know for me personally um and and I think we made a movie that all of us are really proud of and 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 excited about because it's it's so different than than family movies <laughs> than other family movies <laughs> you know and it's it's it, it has a lot of heart and and but you know, I'm just mad because I know we're wrapping up and I really wanted to talk to you about that thing on Instagram that you posted yesterday. I don't know oh, if about, we can. about the baby. I am so happy for you, dude. I,
0: I mean am. I can't tell you how glad I am to be able to talk about it. Like we, you know, because Lydia we're recording this in late August. And so, but I think it's not this podcast isn't gonna come out for about a month because Nightbooks comes out September 15th on Netflix. Yes, it does watch it. And so, you know, like we've known for a few months and we really just just told like really just our family and a few people, but you know, we just kind of were getting through the process, making sure everything was okay, and I was totally following Lydia's lead on everything and how she wanted to handle it and, you know, message people, tell people, you know, whatever. And so, um, but it's just great to be able to talk about it. And it is incredible. Like it really, that cliche thing that everyone tells you, Oh, you just won't. It's because there's literally nothing to compare it to. I don't know. It's just I think I wrote this on Instagram, uh, uh, I mean, you didn't ask all this, but I haven't been able to talk about it a lot no so I'm, I'm not I'm, about... I'm, I'm, I want to know but that <laughs> thing that I posted on Instagram where I was like, you know the, one of those first ultrasounds where all of a sudden we just see this little gummy bear wiggling around in there and it's like, oh my god like it was remarkable and this complete it was one of the most incredible and perspective shifting experiences I've ever had because number one really just the miracle of nature like the the thing that it sure, this is a thing that happens. And for, you know, tens of thousands of years, this is how humans have, you know, propagated and existed or whatever, But, but it's still so surreal. And so like, oh my God. So these two little cells came together and now there's just this thing that's just rapidly forming. And I don't know, in this moment, I really just felt like, oh, nothing else really matters. You know what I mean? Like all these other things, these you know, I've, and I love to work. Careers, very. If yes, it's all fun. I love stand up. I love, but all of a sudden, everything else just kind of melted away. I'm like, no, this is really the most important thing, and I, and it, and I felt really happy and peaceful about that. Like it just it felt amazing, and it feels amazing. And you know, that's not to say you know we're not going to sleep much for the next several years, but that's fine. Like I yeah, don't sleep great anyway. That's
1: the job, dude. That's the job.
0: Yeah, but it just like. I don't know. I imagine people who've listened to the podcast regularly since something was up because I've started asking people kid questions, uh-huh. you know, like, Oh, you have kids. So what do you, you know, cause I'm just, yeah. now I'm just trying to absorb information to just be like the coolest, best parent I can be. So yes, I appreciate that you.
1: I, 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 I've never listen. I don't have a kid, so I don't have that experience, but that, but I have a, comparable experience which is that my entire life you know you hear oh your wedding day will be like the greatest day of your life yeah. and i'm like how? how is that possible how is that possible it doesn't make any sense uh, i mean maybe it will but i don't know i've had some great days i don't know like it'll be a great day but and then you like are standing there in the moment and you're like oh and it hits you and you're like the greatest day of my life and it's just like the most overwhelming feeling because you're like I'm surrounded by everyone I love I'm gonna marry the woman I love like you're just like ah, ah you can't even speak and I often hear parents like yourself like hearing you describe it it sounds so much like that experience and I I, I it, it it it's no it moves me like like watching you talk about it it's so it, it's like it's incredible. Like it, it, it's like a life changing moment for you. And it, it, yeah, congrats. I'm so happy. I
0: appreciate that. And you, and you do, it's like, you know, like you, you know, we look at people that we know, like uh, David Dasmalchen and it's like, he'll post about his kids and he just gushes about them and you understand why, but then you realize you're going to have a kid and you're like, Oh, I really understand why they're the most important thing in the world. And they're like, you want them to be happy and safe and, and feel supported and loved and you love them. You know, it's like you really understand this whole other level. And uh, whole other so level. It, I don't know, like I, I know I'm just the beginning of it. And, um, but it's, it's remark. It really is just, it's fucking remark. Like in the way that we say it's remarkable that a movie gets made, it's remarkable that a person gets made. Like, it's just the pro the, the processes that occur, you know, where Lydia will go. You know, she's like, I I just feel a little tired. It's like, yes, because you're literally forming a person. Your body is forming a person. You know, yes. like the cellular energy that is involved with what is happening inside you right now is mind
1: blowing. Like the, yeah, the science of it is insane. It, it's just incredible. Yeah, and it's 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 like the two of you melted into this like mutant thing that's gonna, you know grow up and 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 have you know amazing thoughts and 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 and, you know just have like this a life this person is going to have a whole life you know, uh, I know. you know and it's 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 like a oh, man it's it's awesome it it's it's, awesome. it's
0: really it's really cool and and it also makes me think that uh that maybe that the the uh the martians from mars attacks were designed maybe after uh tim burton saw um uh uh an ultrasound of yeah because it, there are these times when you're looking at the ultrasound and the and and it, the the fetus will like turn its head and you see like brain eyeballs like the the nose cavity and and just like this map like and you're like oh my god and it's hard not to go because ack, 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 ack. it just looks like this little alien you know and you see the spine and the bones and the i mean it's it is it really it really is just insane like watching a person form is very normal and very surreal at the same
1: time but we're we're just we're over the moon about it oh man congrats Congrats! That's uh, uh, I am over the moon for you. I, you know, the thing, COVID robs us of all these little moments. And like, you know, if I wish you could have been here in Aspen when we saw your post. Oh, that's so nice! Because it robs you of that moment when everyone's like, (gasps) (gasps) you know, like. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it's unfair to you. It's unfair to you guys. You deserve to have that moment, but just know it definitely happened here. All of us were like,
0: "Ah!" <laughs> Why? Well, I, I really, I really appreciate that. Like, yeah, I mean, you know, like, yeah, you know, people have kids every day. They've been having kids for thousands of years, but it does. But it, it, it never ceases to be magical when it's happening to you. And so I don't know. I'm, I'm, uh I. You know, it, it's it, now. Now it's like we're starting to get to the point where I'm like okay, now I got to start doing research and I got to make sure, you know, we do all the right. And Lydia's like so on top of stuff. It's amazing. It is amazing. Uh, Even the fact that, you know, like she she says the term, like we're pregnant. And I'm like, that's very nice of you to give me a co-producer credit. I don't, (laughs) you know, it's nice that you say it's like the Royalist of wheeze, but I, you know, like you, you know, you are incubating this life. Thank you for saying, you know, but I really,
1: you know, I'm an assistant. I, you, I'm, an assistant. I'm your assistant. <laughs> so, I'm just. Here I'm to, your PA. How can I help? I'm your PA. I'm here, your PA. You
0: know, I can run to the store for you. I can heat up water. Like I could do whatever you, I could do whatever you need. I really feel like, you know, I feel like the fair thing would be as if like you carried it for a month and then I carried it for a month and then you carried it, you know, it's like, <laughs> but she's been absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing.
1: I believe it. That's great. That's great. Um,
0: well, it's nice to see your face. And by the it's way, really we nice love the face. movie. Lydia and I, we were so excited to get to watch it the other night. And, oh, uh, man, I'm glad. I, I, I had mean, a suspicion
1: you guys would enjoy it. It felt like, I don't know, it just felt like something, knowing you guys, that that uh, you guys would find a connection to. And, man, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to hear that. I really am.
0: I mean, I knew, like, when I heard that you know what the movie was called and that it was your movie and everything it's like oh yeah 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 i already i mean i can already i already know (laughs) it's gonna be something fun and weird and gothic and colorful and you know like and and it was just all of those things and so much more so i really hope people watch it and and it is it's like it's a movie like it obviously is it skews more like a traditional fairy tale, like the darkness of like traditional fairy tales. But I do believe that it is still a movie you can watch, you know, with maybe not like four-year-olds, but like, you know, like kids, like you can watch the movie with your, with your family.
1: Yes. That's it. We've made it. We've, I, I made this for families to watch together, to be scared together, but not to push it too far, but to literally push it as far as I possibly can, but just not over that line so that you can't watch it with your family and and that was the, that was the goal and uh yeah I mean yeah, yeah like
0: gremlins was a family movie but it is terrifying in places like I wouldn't show gremlins to like a small small child because it's like there are fucking scary gremlins in it that are doing scary gremlin shit so oh, but yeah. I would still say that it is a family movie a family christmas movie you know
1: yeah we talked about large marge you know and how scary large marge was <laughs> when we were making the movie I talked we talked about like you know um uh roger rabbit like the end of roger rabbit when his like eyes fall out and he's got like cartoon eyes under he starts talking in a high-pitched voice and he's like when
0: i killed your brother oh
1: my god that's so scary that scared the shit out of me when i was oh and how sad
0: when they melt that sweet little pair of shoes in the dip you know like yeah oh heartbreaking
1: Yeah. And I wanted, you know, I wanted it to feel like that. I wanted you to really be scared and really have your heart broken. And, and you know, I didn't want to pull the punches, you know.
0: Well, excellent job. Congratulations. And, uh, thanks. you know, I look forward to doing this again after movie number four, which. I, me too. I'm so I look forward to it. Uh, Do it's, you it's even really have an any idea, idea or are you just kind of sitting for a minute?
1: I'm writing something right now that I think is really cool in between Brightburn and, uh, uh, this movie, I wrote something else that I'm also setting up and I don't know. I, I but the future is, is unwritten, you know, until, and I always feel like until I'm on set, uh, I, I don't trust the movies really getting made. So, um, I'm, I I'm looking forward to seeing what, what the future brings, honestly.
0: Well, thank you for another wonderful conversation, Dave. It's so good to see you. Uh, It's great to see you. And now I say the end.
2: ID t scanning complete. Enjoy your burrito.